from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God.
Our first lesson today comes from Roman 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is the word of the Lord. Good to see some children here today. Uh, at this time, children who are third grade and younger, four years old through third grade, I should be more specific. Uh, Miss Katie is over there. There she is. You can head on over to Godly Play if you'd like to participate in that this morning. Well, as it turns out, uh, my choice to preach from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 was perfectly timed. I was hoping it would be, and I'll tell you why uh, in just a minute. But first, let me read this second text that is set before us today. Uh, continue to listen to God's word to you and to me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, break open afresh uh, these words to us so they may land in our hearts and in our minds and in our hands in such a way that forms us to be more like your son, Jesus the Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, when I looked at uh, the calendar a few weeks ago, and I was considering uh, what to preach for this particular Sunday. I, I knew this was going to be a very big weekend for our family. To set it up, you should know that on April 28th, our 18-year-old son Johnny and his track and field team at Pace Academy won the regional championship. Then the following Saturday, uh, Johnny and his teammates went on to the sectionals and they all advanced to the state preliminary round. Then this past Thursday, the team ran at the preliminaries and every runner and every field athlete qualified for the finals. And then yesterday, Johnny and his teammates did something that hasn't happened at Pace Academy since 1972. They won the Georgia High School Sports Association 2A State Championship for track and field. Pretty cool, oh, you can clap for that.
I see you, Johnny. Oh, and by the way, he also graduated from high school yesterday, too. A little cherry on top. What a joy-filled uh, whirlwind these days have been for him and for our family. So needless to say, our family has spent a lot of time at the track, especially uh, over the course of these past two and a half weeks. And yesterday at the, at the state finals uh, meet with McEachern High School Stadium filled with family members and fans supporting these student athletes from across Georgia, I was reminded as to how important it is to have people in our lives who cheer for us. I was reminded how important it is that we have people who are pulling for us. How important it is to have people in our corner championing our cause, our passions, and our dreams. Uh, this is true in life, isn't it? It's true on the track, it's true in the music hall, it's, it's true in the classroom, it's true in our professional pursuits and our philanthropic passions, it's true in our relationships, and it's true most certainly in our faith. And I'm confident that you can point to someone in your life, and I'm gonna invite you to think about them even now, right now, who has been your champion, who's someone who's been in the stands for you in your life as you've run the race with perseverance, someone who has encouraged you and has given you the gifts that have made you who you are today, someone who has encouraged you to run the race. Perhaps it's someone whose influence or love or guidance or mentorship is a big reason that you're even in this sanctuary today or participating in worship remotely. And I invite you to think about that person right now. I want you to call them to mind. I want you to hold them in your mind. I want, them, want you to hold them in your heart for just a few moments this morning as part of our worship, as part of our gratitude for those who have cheered us on, who have been our champions. The person I'm thinking about this morning is one of my mentors, Dr. John Galloway, Jr., he was my pastor. He, he turns 80 years old this month. And I wrote him a letter letting him know how grateful I am for his imprint and his legacy in my life. To let him know how grateful I am and how grateful I've been for his support and his influence. He's a big part of the reason why I actually became Presbyterian in the first place. And it was through his encouragement that I felt the Holy Spirit uh, leading me to seminary in my final two years of college. Well, my first year of seminary, however, was not the easiest time for me. And it wasn't the academics, and it wasn't anything to do with my social life or my mental health. But it was a, sort of a, a spiritual crisis. And it wasn't a crisis of doubt or disbelieving, but, but rather it was, a, it was a crisis of discernment. It was a crisis of vocation. I struggled during my first year in seminary with my sense of call and the sense of this long and, and winding and arduous race that was in front of me to move toward graduation and to move toward ordination and then to move whatever it was beyond that point. And I had this sense of spiritual discernment crisis, not knowing exactly what this all meant and what would unfold in my life. My seminary was not too far from my home church. Uh, and so after about two months within my first semester, I, I went back to this adopted hometown of mine and, and went to worship on that Sunday. 
And John, my mentor, was preaching that day. And I have to tell you, I honestly do not remember a, a single word of his sermon. I don't remember the scriptures he preached from, but I remember exactly how I felt hearing that sermon. I remember feeling all of those feelings bubbling up to the surface. And as I walked out of the pew and toward the door where John was greeting people, I had some tears in my eyes and he looked at me and before I could get a word out, he said, I know. I know. We met in his office later that afternoon and I said, this is really hard, man. <laughs> this whole vocation thing, this discernment thing, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a hard race. And he said again, I know. And he shared his insight, his own experience. He lent his wisdom and encouragement. And basically what he did was help me get back on track to help me find a deeper understanding of who I was being called to be by God in the race that I was being called to run. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. In the book of Hebrews, we're reminded of how important these champions are in our lives. The writer of Hebrews has a name for them. The writer says they should be called a cloud of witnesses, a cloud, an appropriate image on today. And while we didn't read the, the traditional text on this particular Sunday known as Ascension Sunday, we remember that before Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next week, before Pentecost, Jesus ascended to God into the clouds. And here we're called to recognize this great cloud of witnesses. And while it is the case that many folks think about this cloud in terms of those who have gone on before us, those who have gone on to receive their eternal reward and their eternal rest, that there is actually nothing in this passage that indicates that this cloud is only made up of people who have died. There's nothing in this text that says that it's only people who have gone on to be with the Lord for all eternity. Living persons, we assume as the writer of Hebrews assumes, can be part of this cloud. They can be part of this cloud of witnesses. And according to the writer, one of the gifts this cloud gives us is the encouragement to run life's race with perseverance. Did you catch the language? Since we are surrounded, it's, a, it's an accomplished fact. It's something that's already happened. We are surrounded. And since we are surrounded, says the writer, we can run the race with perseverance. The cloud is already there. This is the logic of this text. Because you have a cloud of witnesses, because you have champions in your life, because you have people cheering you on, you can do it. You can run this race with perseverance. Perseverance, of course, is tenacity and persistence despite difficulty or delay in a in achieving success. And the writer of Hebrews seems to think that this cloud of witnesses should be part of our perseverance plan. It should be part of our pre-race training. And while we are 
racing reality, part of our perseverance plan that this cloud brings into our lives exactly what we need to run the race, to be faithful in running the race. And whether it is literally running a race or whether it's metaphorically running a race or whether it's caring for a sick or a dying loved one, whether it's living with chronic illness, whether it's battling mental health challenges, having this sense that we're living without a purpose, without a rudder, without a direction, or a general sense of shakiness or tiredness or unsteadiness or grief, the cloud of witnesses surrounds us and encourages us to keep going, to keep running the race. And I believe it's true that all of us have at least one person that makes up that cloud. People have been part of that cloud for us and we've thought about them and have held them in our hearts and our minds this morning. But one thing we don't readily think about, however, at least I haven't thought about it too much as it relates to this text, is how we might be part of that cloud for somebody else. So often when we come to this text from Hebrews, we talk about the cloud of witnesses that surrounds us and has blessed us. But how often have we thought about that we are actually part of the cloud. That we're part of this group of champions who cheer others on as they persevere in running the race. So I want to ask us all a, a very poignant question today. What would it mean for us as friends of God and as followers of Jesus Christ, what would it mean for us to be part of someone else's perseverance plan? What would it mean for you and for me to embrace as part of our Christian life and our call to discipleship, this sense that we ought to be a champion for somebody else? That we would be the ones who show up. That we would be the ones who listen, who give ourselves away by giving encouragement and, and, and giving support to those who are persevering through the races that they run in the words of Rome and running from suffering to endurance to character to hope. What would it mean for us to take seriously this call to be part of the cloud? What would it mean if you and I took more seriously our role as a member of this cloud of witnesses today and became part of someone's perseverance plan. To do such a thing is actually, I think, just another way that we follow Jesus in the world. I think it's just another example of what it means to be a Christian. Because as every Christian knows, as every Christian confess, confesses, Jesus is the ultimate perseverance plan. The writer of Hebrews says as much. Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He persevered for us for the sake of the joy, says the writer, that was set before him. Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame. In other words, he endured so we might endure. He persevered so we might persevere. He had faith so we might have faith. And what's so interesting about Jesus is that he is the one who runs the race first, sets the pace for our faith and our life together, but he is also also the one in the stands. He's also the one championing us. To be a Christian means to know that Jesus is in our corner, that Jesus has made a way for us to run this race, and that Jesus will make a way for us to complete it. I want to bring this sermon across the finish line to keep the image going by offering one very practical way 
we can be part of this cloud. One practical and relevant way to be part of someone else's perseverance plan. I believe that we can take up this mantle. I believe that we can take up this mantra of cloud of witnesses by cheering on people as they persevere to do the right thing. That we cheer on people who persevere to do the right thing. Quandarius Patrick uh, is a senior at Towers High School in Decatur. He is one of Towers' track stars, and our son Johnny has run against him a handful of times at different meets throughout this year. Quandarius was in the 110-meter hurdle final yesterday. The race was run on schedule, but but with just a few hurdles to go in this race, an athlete unfortunately knocked over a hurdle in someone else's lane, which is kind of hard to do, but it happened, and it caused that runner to stumble and fall. The race finished with uh, a runner from Oglethorpe County taking first place in the event, and not only that, breaking his school's record for 110-meter hurdles in the process. But then the judges came together. The Court of Appeals came together. And they began to review the video of the race. And they decided that in fairness to the runner whose race was impeded, the race should be run again. Now, for those who know something about track and field, uh, this is extremely rare to have a do-over, to, to rerun a race. But that's what the judges decided. And so later in the meet, they fit this single heat back in, this final 110-meter hurdles. And the hurdles were reset, and the race was run again. And, and this time, Quandarius Patrick from Towers came in first. The top eight all get medals, the top eight finalists in the state. And they have this wonderful podium built and it's staggered so that the gold medal winner is at the very peak, at the very top of the podium. And so all of these other runners took their place, including the runner from Oglethorpe who had won but came in second the second time around. And so he was standing with his bronze medal and Quandarius Patrick ascended onto his podium and, and he was given the gold medal and people started clapping and the photographers started taking pictures when all of a sudden Quandarius reached his hand out to this athlete from Oglethorpe County and he pulled him up to the winner's podium and had their pictures taken all the way and the crowd noticed it and started going wild, cheering for him. And then after they climbed down, he took his gold medal off. Quandarius took his gold medal off and he gave it to the runner from Oglethorpe County. And that runner gave him the bronze. They exchanged medals and wore them with pride. And the crowd who was still watching all of this absolutely went nuts. With euphoria and gratitude and wonderment, they they cheered for Quandarius. They called out his name even more so than when he had run the race because we knew he had won the day. The crowd was watching the whole time and this gesture just sent us into a tailspin. Being part of someone else's perseverance plan, being part of this cloud of witnesses means that when you see someone doing the right thing, you cheer them on. 
When you see someone pursuing what is noble, what is praiseworthy, what is good, what is just, what is lovely, what is admirable, let them know that you see them and cheer them on. Tell them about it. Don't remain silent. It is far too easy to remain silent. I love the saying that we should celebrate what we want to see more of. So as part of that cloud of witnesses, celebrate what you want to see more of. Show up, be present, bring your words, bring your encouragement, bring your actions, bring your presence to those who are persevering through the races they're running right now and be a champion and cheer them on. Friends, Christ has run the race and continues to run the race with us. And thankfully, he is part of our cloud and we have a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. We know that Christ is, is our perseverance plan and we know this cloud of witnesses can be part of our perseverance plan, but do we know that we can be part of the perseverance plan for somebody else? I hope we do. And I hope even this morning that God would bring someone to mind by the power of the Spirit into your heart, into your mind, and say, yeah, that's the one I need to champion. That's the one I need to cheer on as they're facing the race of their life. Discern who that may be. And may we all embrace our call to be part of the great cloud of witnesses, to cheer on and encourage those who are persevering as they run the race the races of discernment, the races of hardship, and the race to the desire to do what is right. May we be part of that cloud for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world and all of God's people say, amen.